Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. It's a six points from three fixtures Stop Hammer Time that we come at you with because we haven't done one for a little while. So there are three games of soccer to talk about. And uh, here to discuss them could not possibly be two better human beings. He is the greatest legal mind conceivably in the country, possibly in the world, but also author of the finest blog about the united subjects of West Ham and Wagner in existence today. He is, of course, Russell Raphael. Good evening. How are you, Ruffle? Russell? Ruffle? Yeah, Ruffle. Ruffle's oh, all right. Ruffle. That's all right. Um, well, I've had, yeah, two Wagner Society events to talk you through, so... Good, good. good. Yeah. Uh, that, that should take up the first yeah. hour of the podcast, mm. is the, uh, the notes and minutes from those two We Wagner can cover Parsifal and Das Rheingold. So you're right up your street. This is already shaping up to be a quality podcast. Yeah. Now, we on the whole consume uh, entertainment like goldfish getting food sprinkled into a bowl. But occasionally there's a kind of authoral voice over the entertainment we receive that makes us trust that source of entertainment more than others. You see it in the music industry. Uh, records produced by Motown, by Stiff Records, by Factory Records, for example, by Warp Records... Something about that seal of uh, quality makes you more predisposed to listen to that music. Similarly, in television, there are one or two companies that uh, produce work that makes you gravitate initially towards that work and then appreciate it for the genius it is once you arrive there. One such company is Channel X, who have consistently produced the best television uh, I have ever seen in my life. And uh, uh, here we have one of the two uh, head honchos. He hasn't been here for a while. He's a, a, a regular on this podcast, but not for a little while. Uh, he's been avoiding us. It is, of course, Jim Reed. Good evening, everyone. Hello, Jim. 
Uh, you, in fact, have a show starting tonight. Yeah, yeah, I should be at home watching this show, but cheering it on, it's on in about an hour at quarter to ten your, tonight. Your VCR will be able to, you'll it, be able to take my, it. Yeah, my VCR, VCR will yeah. be, and that's called Home. It's on home. Channel 4. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. Actually, uh, very good. You sort of in, seem to be in a rich vein of form at the moment. You've got that, you won a children's BAFTA uh, to put with your regular BAFTAs. Yeah, have you been stalking us, Phil? No, <laughs> I just sort of see what you do because uh, because you and I are friends. Yeah, no. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and often the people we know are in those shows. But uh, you, yeah, you um, kids t- kids shows as well. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously the Detectorist has been a huge thing. Detectorist was, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately at the moment isn't being made, but um, we've done very well with that. And uh, we be. won the kind of European Cup mm. of TV awards uh, last November called The Rose Door. Right, Where yes. I, I had to make a speech in front of uh, loads of European broadcasters and Joanna Lumley. Did you, did you make it I in... Was, I was hilarious. Did yeah. you make it in the kind of sneery way that Nigel Farage would whenever he no, got no, up no. and spoke I, in the European Parliament? I, I made a very self-deprecating speech with, Good. A, with a Brexit joke, which right. the Brits in the audience got and no one else got. No, that's got it. And uh, got off as quickly as I could, yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, yeah, the, the Rose Door. The, yeah. That used to, they used, to be, used to be big. It still is big, Jim. It's biggish. No, but that's, I, that's, that's I, I, since I've been here mm-hmm. last year, I, I've become obsessed with Beat the Batak, and I'm hoping we're going to be talking about Beat the Batak. What later is on. that? Beat the Batak. What oh. is Beat the Batak? What Batac? is Beat the Batak? Well, the, Russell, are you familiar with this? The halftime entertainment at the ground is clearly going over oh, your heads. Oh, yeah. Beat the Batak. Which I believe the prize is a holiday in a place called Kissimmee. Right. Which is a resort, I think, in Florida. My business partner, is. Alan, is an expert yeah. in Florida. I don't think Kissimmee's the best bit of Florida, but if you right. win Beat the Batak... Is there a lake? Lake Kissimmee? There might be. It's, oh. it's near Disney World, but yeah. it's not the nicest yeah. bit. So I, all those I people gather. on the pitch at half-time playing a tiny computer game... Beat the Batak. Uh, ...for the entertainment of the, of the crowd, are they... In for a possible holiday in Florida. I think I think that's why they're doing it. I might be completely wrong, and I don't. Half-time entertainment can't be. You can't get beyond a hologram of Bill Renfrey, and <laughs> uh, you know, introducing the Horse Guards band or yeah. whatever. I used to like that's... his program notes that had a slightly Alan Partridge's right-wing <laughs> tone about them <laughs> before we knew about Alan. Do you remember that little sort of eagle's nest? <laughs> Thing yeah, they used yeah, to have yeah. in the old West End, yeah. that used to one person only could get in mm, there. Mm. But if you if you've missed beat the Batak, have you missed all the walking football scores? Uh, yes, sir. we're doing yes. quite well at walking football, are we? Yeah, <laughs> we're we're um well we're doing very well at, uh, we're doing very well at uh, women's football, which is yeah. uh, which is a very good uh, sort of pursuit. But I didn't know that we were a high ranking. Now there's an internet football team, isn't there? Because I think Don Peretti used to play for it. There's oh, a sort really? of yeah, yeah. internet hammers football team and they've sort of played presumably other internet teams. I think they play live, not in a kind of avatar-like <laughs> virtual reality world that's been created by James Cameron. Excuse me for interrupting, but I'm not sure. I think it's a derogation of your duty if you're not going to pick Jim up on walking football. Isn't walking football a thing where you have to laugh after it's said? <laughs> well, I didn't yeah, it's for older people. It's for I'm old. I'm old. West Ham, I was watching Max the day, it might have been earlier in the season. You know, they do their little feature yes. to show how humane football is these days, where they go to clubs to show what 
outreach with the community they're doing. I'm not, well, I'm, I'm 60 that. next birthday, well, and I reserve the right to laugh yeah, after anyone's I think we, we should have our own walking football team. But they had a thing about West Ham, and they do do loads of work the community, mm, mm. you know, joking aside. And um, I think we're quite good at walking football. Good, good. We're walking football. We're we're building we're building bridges yeah. uh, uh, to a more kind of caring society uh, yeah. from being a bit uncaring in the past. <laughs> Famously uncaring. Uh, we are now table. we are now moving into the twenty first century. So there are three games to talk about. Um, we'll probably you know we'll probably skim through some of the ones that longer longer ago. Uh, I only went to one of them. I went to Newcastle at the weekend. Uh, Jim, you went to the two home fixtures, which was Fulham a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was doing a gig, couldn't do it. Uh, so you saw the two wins. Russell wins the prize because he saw all three. You went to Man City away. I got the hat trick. Fantastic. But, yeah, I've got to tell you, my memories of Fulham though are fairly vague. Let's start talking so, about that now. Now, yeah. I uh, apparently I, I was there. I was doing a gig that night, an improv gig, and uh, uh, I sort of went onto the sort of BBC app, and uh, it said, you know, uh, half time. Was it half time? Oh, anyway, it was just when we'd scored one, and uh, they went West Ham go ahead with a controversial goal, and we won it three one. Went home and uh, turned Sky News on, and. The first two angles of the goal make it look like he comes off his head. It's a, it's a yeah. very skillful piece of... I mean, it really looks like he heads it in. But yeah. in fact, the, the one shot that's a close-up of it, you realise it goes past his head and hits his hand. Uh, that, unlocked the, that unlocked the door for us to, to eventually go on and win it. And often, you know, the first goal is a kind of decider. But it seemed that, like, 3-1, we probably were the better team in that fixture. Well, th- th- that game... In, which often happens at West Ham like when they go away for a bit of warm weather training. Yes. I don't know if that's a euphemism for doing nothing. Right. But uh, we started so slowly and um, Zabaleta, who I'm a big fan of, yeah. was totally off the pace. He, he gave Fulham a chance within about 20 seconds with a bad back pass. Oh, God, yeah. We were very lucky to only be losing 1-0 after three minutes. Could have yes, been yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, yeah. Uh, but what happened and, you know, my good friend Alan, who I work with, is a Fulham season ticket holder, is that their defence is, is terrible. And yeah. once we got that first goal, the goalie made a mistake off a corner, there was only going to be one winner. Yeah, um, yeah. But we didn't play very well. Right. Antonio played very well, I thought, that night. And his, his goal, the third goal, was a decent goal. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, good header from Diop. Um, the last couple of games, we've... Um, defended set pieces a bit better and have scored from set pieces. Uh, you know, we scored from a corner against Newcastle. We scored... that. I think that was a corner that Diop stuck in yeah. against Fulham, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, and um, because that has... In a way, you felt you were cutting um, Pellegrini a bit of slack for going, well, he's trying to improve the team's overall, you know, play. Um, it's It's absolutely kind of... Uh, year zero we're just trying to adapt to a new style of kind of attacking pressing play so if we're a little bit slack on set pieces it's because he hasn't had time to work on them yet but then as the season went on we're just like no good at defending corners and no sort of attacking threat when we get one especially given that we've got tall guys who should be able to you know Mm. get their head on something but now the last couple of home fixtures have looked like we might be turning that corner sort of defending, defending and the away fixture 
Yeah. The last three games, we've conceded two goals, one a penalty. The Fulham one was in the first two minutes. So the, for most of the games, we've kept a clean sheet from open play. And I think Ogbonna has been... He's had, he's had a run of games. I've always liked Ogbonna. Yeah. I know he's had some criticism and some of that has been deserved. But I'm just really pleased that he's a, you know, he's a proper defender. Yeah. He's got limitations. He's got a Champions League medal <laughs> and he yeah. plays yeah. for Italy. And I'm not sure he would be our first choice. I would, definitely wouldn't drop him for Cardiff, but I'm not sure he absolutely is our first choice centre-back. Um, but we've got three good centre-backs. And Cardiff would be a game where those centre-halves are going to have to battle. Yeah. Mm. Because and Cardiff's main tactic is trying to get it in the air in the box. And they've yeah, got yeah. a couple of very good headers. I think about Balbuena when he's in the side, uh, they play on their right side. So Diop and Balbuena play on their right is side. Is that right? I mean, I no, I think hang that on, because might be right. Diop is right footed. So with Balbuena, you've got two right footers. Mm. So, but uh, Ogbonna's left footed. So in theory, the Diop Ogbonna. I've slightly is, lost uh, who plays on which foot and who's the best combination. Yeah. But uh, you've got Johnny Sissons on the left. Yes, <laughs> just remember. That's I, I, I think yeah. that the um, what's happened helped Bonner an awful lot is return of Cresswell. And when when we were you know really struggling when we got knocked out by Wimbledon and lost three 0 to Wolves. I mean you know terrible terrible performances. Uh, Masuaka was playing left back. Yeah, and I actually thought he when he came on against Newcastle, I thought he played it was the best he played for a long time. But yes, he was, was terrible yeah. in those games. Yes, yeah. And that Wimbledon game is, you know, that to me is the biggest blot of the season. Yes, it was we shouldn't point. have lost that game. We, no. we should still be in the cup. Look, Ogbonna is not going to he's not going to bring the ball out and lay off a lovely ball. He's a Juventus defender. I don't know how long he played for them, but he got he was he, he's been influenced by them. Yeah, and he's just. He's not going to do anything flash. Balboina is better at bringing the ball out than him. Uh, but Ogbonna is going to win most of the balls in the air. And he's just had a great few games. Yeah, so he yeah I think his he's, place he's someone who... Uh, it's funny. That he does, he's a little bit of a magnet for, for criticism. He, you know, he was an ever-present last season. I think when Moyes came in, he went, OK, you're... You're the one constant that I feel I can trust. I'm going to do this three-man defence thing, but you you stay. You For survive sure. from the two-man defence. Yeah. And and, uh, and it's going to be Rice and Cresswell. Cresswell, the left-back, I'm going to make you uh, a part of a three-man defence because you've clearly been playing football for a long time and well, know how over to play. The summer, it's and they we were, were going good. to buy to partner Ogbonna. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... But, you know, I think that... I mean, I haven't been here for a long time, so... I'll be saying things that might be a bit old hat, but um, the people Pellegrini's brought in, Diop, the fantastic transfer. Yeah. Oh, extraordinary. Yep. A lot of money, but very yep. young. He's going to be a great player. Yep. Uh, Balbuena for five million. You know, Fulham bought Alfie Mawson for 15 million. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't get on the West Ham bench. Yeah. Um, so I think the manager's made some great signings. Yeah. It, Look, Diop's the, the superstar there. And I think in Ogbonna and Balbuena, and I probably would put Balbuena just ahead of Ogbonna, but I just I wouldn't drop Ogbonna at the moment. But in them two, he's got two that can come in and be pretty comfortable. And with Ogbonna, he's got a left footer that suits that. And I guess we probably need a fourth over the summer. We do, yeah. We we'll do well to hang on to Diop. I think. I think that I think there will be We've offers for him. Yeah, you know, the, he's the, a he's he's a. 
We've you know, for one to. so young, he's he's. I mean, even down to uh, uh, applauding the fans before and after games, goes round the whole stadium, applauds every stand, like one of those guys that gets football and gets that a connection with the fans will sort of make you play better. If they like you, you like them, you'll play better for them. It's you know, it's a very sort of mature kind of. Attitude totally. to the game, yeah. you know. Well, he was it, captain of Toulouse. Yeah, that's right. And if you think of the spine of our team going forward, I think it's Fabianski, Diop, Rice, Lanzini, and then you mix and match beyond that, in my yeah. opinion. Interestingly, you know, on social media, uh, the away game at Manchester City, obviously the team sheet came out and was, uh, you know, quite sort of ostensibly eccentric. Then after the game, you saw a little bit on sort of, you know, rows on social media kind of going, well, I'd rather we had more of a go and lost 4-0 like we did at home. I sort of thought, well, we've played once like that. You know, we're probably going to lose twice to them. And... We did have a go at home and, and we were very competitive and people went away from a 4-0 defeat actually fairly buoyant, which is something that the Pellegrini uh, era has, yeah. uh, has brought in, in in that we, you know, we try to play the way we like to play. We and if we get beaten chances. by a team that's on fire, you know, so be it. We, we had as we many had, chances. Exactly. It was like nine each. Yes, we did, day. didn't we? Yeah. We did. Um and I thought it was sort of interesting that he went, OK, I'm going to just try this completely different thing away at their place and sort of put this team out where, where you know, he's, he's going to, I'm going to rest some guys. Uh, we've, got, we've got a game we can win at the weekend. We did win that game. But also I'm going to play these guys that I'm sort of giving a chance in a system that doesn't hang them out to dry, that is about, you know, nullifying City and hitting them on the break. And City only won by a you know, a very contentious penalty. It could have been a very good nil-nil. And, you know, that penalty was uh, incredibly soft. Uh, but what was the game like, Russell, on the whole? I mean, we, we you know, it's well, there's a strong argument for Sanders. We, we sort of parked the bus and didn't really compete. Either. So first of all, on the team that we put out, and obviously Arnautovic pulled out at the last moment, but I think we've got a pretty good squad these days. So... Whatever the team, whatever team we would have put out, we shouldn't be pushovers. We should have given them, you know, have had a chance. And the team that we hoped would be out with Arnie up front, we thought, you know what, we could give them problems. Didn't get him. Carroll came in. Within the in the first five or ten minutes, they were just all over us. Mm. It was and it was all happening in the goal just below where we were where we were. And we could have been two or three down in the first five or ten minutes. Mm, mm. But then we settled into it. I uh, thought Obiang did pretty well in the middle of the park. Um, ben Johnson had an uncomfortable first ten minutes, but then he did a couple of good things, which started off just by whacking it out of play, but then he mm-hmm. got a bit of confidence. And we contained them pretty well. Um my, what are my overall, overriding thoughts of the game? The penalty was right at the other end. I didn't see it until later on telly. It looked a bit, you know, when we saw it in it's real time. Very soft. We weren't even sure it was in the area, but obviously it was. It, you know, the sort of thing that could have been given, could have not been given. Um, Carol's come up for some criticism about the chance that he missed if we'd have had Lanzini. People have said mm-hmm. that would have been slotted in. Hey, give it, he gave it, that was on his wrong foot. 
and he made good contact with it. Yeah. And the goalie made a save. You can't ask for more than that. Normally, would have gone over the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Carol and and Tony, the, our problem in that game was that we couldn't get the ball out because as soon as it was going out, it wasn't sticking and it was coming back all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we were defending brilliantly. And I blame Carol and Antonio in equal measure for that. I've got a little bit of a bugbear with Antonio, as I've expressed in pre- in other mm. podcasts. Mm. They both really tried, and Carol really did put in a shift, and he's good in defence, and he was some of our the clearances from corners were from him. Antonio, I know people have been impressed with him in recent games, and there's no doubt he's really improved this season. But I still think if we could get 15 million for him over the summer, I'd probably sell him. He's, yeah, he's, you know, his his golden age was in that sort of last season at the uh, at the Berlin. And uh, he's in a team that's really good. And he's a player that plays in a style unlike the rest of the team. And in fact, the player that he came in to replace... Um, uh, Moses is sort of a bit similar, a bit of a kind of self-starter who makes things happen that he quite often has to finish off. Uh, he's got a better sort of delivery to someone else, Moses, than Antonio does, because often Antonio starts and finishes a move, but w- the way that move finishes is him getting pretty much to their byline and just being bundled over by two defenders and hopefully maybe winning a free kick or a corner, but it's not unlikely to be a it's unlikely to be a goal at that point because he my won't problem. he won't lay it off. I think he my won't. problem with Antonio is that the crucial point is the final is, is the final yeah. ball. Yes. How mm. you get to the final ball is almost immaterial. And he's really good at that. He's, you know, he's unpredictable and he's an athlete. He's strong. And he yeah. makes his way through. But that's all a bit irrelevant if that yes. final ball yeah. is not yeah. thought about yeah. and he hasn't I, got the touch I, I, at that I agree moment. I with all of that. He, 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 that you'd think his final ball's not good, he'll muff a shot. But in his defence, his goal against Liverpool and his goal against Fulham were both very well taken goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Hernandez is our centre-forward at the moment. I wouldn't trust him to score anything outside of about seven yards. You know, well, I'm not he's, saying he's got Antonio the is rubbish. I'm you not know, saying so he's rubbish. I think no. we might be able to... He, he just wouldn't be the first name on the... He's a no, great he's a frustrating player. I mean, bench. yeah. I think Yarmolenko yeah. is, is, you know, is better... I mean, he, what he what he has that the, the others don't is that sort of bulldozer thing mm. that he will yeah. just knock it past a guy and go into a foot race. He can terrify players. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I absolutely agree. I think in an ideal world, we're strong enough to have him on the bench and he comes on for 20 minutes yeah. in matches. And when, you know... Oh, sorry. When you see, um, you know, the way we played against Newcastle, when Lanzini and Anderson were into passing mm-hmm. and running... You know, that was a completely different type of West Ham. I thought we played some great football with those two people. Yeah, well, coming on to that game, uh, that was... um, It was a great day. We'll talk about Billy Bonds. Well, just to finish with City. Sorry. sorry. And and to be fair to Antonio and Carroll, we were up against certainly the best team in the country. It it was no game to judge players on. They all... It was a good effort... 
everyone really put in a shift. Yeah. And we got a moral victory. And as, yes, as I say, I mean, in a way, I didn't mind that, um, you know, I saw a couple of comments on Facebook that were like, you know, uh, it was rubbish. It was rubbish. We should have uh, played our strongest team. And if we got beat 4-0 instead of 1-0, uh, playing the way we played at Upton Park, uh, sorry, played at London Stadium, uh, I would have taken that. It was much better. This game was shit and boring and rubbish. And you go, well, well, we, we've seen one of those games and it was good yeah. and it was fun for you to watch. I enjoyed it. We got beat 4-0. So Pellegrini just kind of went, well, why don't, we're going to lose this one as well. Let's, they're, you know, they're on fire, City. And uh, let's just do something fun. different. He tried out a completely new guy that we'd never fucking seen before. I didn't even know that guy's name. I didn't go Ben Johnson. Jesus. You know, people were going, I've, I had to Wikipedia him, you know. I think he might be older than Declan Rice. Which yes, I'm all quite. Yeah, De- as was yeah, as as was um, yeah, uh, as is Deanne Garner, I think, and as was uh, the guy we sold to Watford. You know, they some of these kids have been around for a while, and and it's yeah. it's well, they don't. I mean, the level at the under twenty threes is incredibly high now with all the yeah. Premiership clubs, and because they can't get in the team. Yeah, you know? I mean, you look at the the young English players on the bench at Chelsea. Hudson Adoy, he's a really good footballer. He'd get in any team in the league, probably outside the top six. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, something new that is uh, that is happening. There was an article I read, it was either in a paper or on the internet today about about now you're getting sort of Reese Oxford and getting players going to continental clubs because a few years ago they just simply weren't good enough our own homegrown footballers were not good enough to be remotely desired by even a fairly low-lying continental football club because we were importing talent into the Premier League and not cultivating any of our own you know it slightly impacts on the conversation we had about Joe Cole a footballer that had a lot of flair but was oddly underappreciated because they're sort of going well we've got flair players that we just go and buy one from from you know Valencia or something and just bring him over here and our own flair players were slightly underappreciated but now the Southgate England team has got some talent in there are players coming through now we're now winning at nearly every level of international football there are players waiting to come through into the national team someone who's responsible for that is Trevor Brooking who Mm. who went into the kind of the sort of the the cultivation of talent area of the FA and when he started there he was not that he ever would but you sense like a kind of you know, a, a sort of hostage who's written the word help on their hand and discreetly holds it up to the camera. He was sort of unable to do anything and was just crying out for help, going, this is institutionally shit. The English FA is someone, rubbish. Someone can't change it. But he day, has slowly managed he's to... He's transformed kind of, youth football. Yes, yeah. He, uh, You know, I think he has had a huge influence on... Uh, youth football now and players, you know, those those players that are now getting into the England team mm. and a lot of these guys that, Jim, as you say, can't get into their own sides are now good players and they're now sort of, there's quite a few going abroad and playing in the Bundesliga or playing in, uh, you know, um, you know, perhaps Italian second divisions or, or uh, Spanish second division, you know. And uh, it's very encouraging, very good. And so the fact that that Ben Johnson guy got a kick from Manuel Pellegrini, who's, you know, used to picking you know, from the best footballers available to Real Madrid or Manchester City, he's kind of going, hey, we'll let some of these kids have a run out. Well, he I, saw off no. Mares. I think Mares was on his side. 
And then, so both Sane and Mares were taken off because they were getting no change out of Fredericks and Yeah, Fredericks Johnson. had a very good game in Great that game. Manchester City game, Great didn't game. he? And we'll talk yeah. about him when we get on to the Newcastle yeah. game. Which and by the end of that game, De Bruyne was taking it into the corner with yeah. about five minutes to go yeah. and running down time. And this was West Ham at home and their Man City. Yeah, yeah, so after we, a lucky penalty. Yeah, you know, we can take a lot of... Build on so that interesting. I think credit. sort of kudos to Pellegrini for that whole sort of performance. People were just yeah. bewildered at the team selection. Uh, you know, especially with this kid and Carroll up front and the you know no noble. Uh, so it was a sort of interesting thing. So then we Saturday. Uh, it was really nice that sort of tribute. Let's talk about the game first and then talk about Billy Bonds and that whole sort of thing afterwards. I thought the whole kind of tribute thing was great. The people players that turned up was was brilliant. But then. We played... Uh, well, there was an interesting uh, photograph mistake on the screen, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, there Kenny was. Kenny Brown was Jr. That's right, Kenny Brown, yes. Picture, yes. They put up Harry Redknapp. Yes. No, they put a picture of his dad up, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. That's <laughs> right. Which, you know, uh, amused me. But other than that, I'd have to say uh, it was incredibly well done. It was. It and was I, great. I think the club of, um, you know, since some of the events of last season have got a lot of things right. Yeah. Let's put our bonds uh, section into one bucket after we talk about the game because the, you know, one 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 link from the city game is uh, Fredericks, who like post injury Fredericks is like a new fucking footballer. It's mm. amazing. He really looked like uh, the first couple of games. He was very disappointing. We, you know, we were very pleased when. There were certain players, Sessignon, Kearney and Fredericks, that, you know, I think a lot of people were salivating at the idea of Fulham not coming up. And uh, thus there would be just a swoop of vultures on their team. And one of the players we were going, we should get him, was Fredericks. They, they got into the Premier League and we were like, oh, that's gone. But we got him anyway. I and mean, you were like, good, you know, Pellegrini and Sullivan and Gold. Have, yeah, Pellegrini, Sullivan and Gold have really... Uh, pulled it out the hat here, a player that you thought Fulham would now be desperate to keep. Uh, we've managed to prize off them, and that's our first signing of the Pellegrini era. Brilliant. Um, then he looked as if there's a gulf between the Championship and the Premier League, and he was just not ready to make that step up at all. Got injured, came back. It's like a different player. He's really looking good now, I mm. think. Yeah, I didn't really get those first few games because there was, there was excuses being made about, oh, they've got to get used to the Pellegrini system. It's a very high line, all the rest of it. And I'm no great tactician, so it's probably me. But it's a line, you know, right? You just need to keep in line mm-hmm. with the rest and the centre-halves. But John but Terry like, should be clubs that can't that defend. So if you take Fulham, where Fredericks was at, their defending this season has been terrible. And whenever I watch them on television, there's always an analysis of what they've done done wrong. And they can't get in a line. They've got players in that team like Ream, who was a very good player in the Championship, who look embarrassing in in the Premiership. And I think there's a lot more to it than than we probably think. And I'd seen Fredericks play at Fulham. I went to see him in the the playoff semi-finals and the final. And obviously the pace is, is fantastic, but the final pass... Yeah, it was a yeah, bit iffy. Yeah. And I know that Fulham fans, uh, the friends of mine, they all felt the same way about him. But I, I think one of the things about Pellegrini, and I've noticed it with some of their players, he can improve players. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And if you look at Snodgrass, 
I'm not saying he's improved Snodgrass. Snodgrass was always a decent footballer. Good, yeah, good but you look at the way he's playing for us now than the way he did his under Billich. His heart's Bilic. in it. He, well, everyone loves him because he tries 110%. Mm. But he's a decent player. Yeah. And he, the number of goals he's made is crossing. Yeah, yeah. And also, you put you put a promising player or a player that has potential with another player who's really good. And they just come, you know, Pie transformed Mark Noble. Mark Noble was starting to get to the cross, to get to the byline and cross, which you hadn't seen him do for like yeah. five years. Uh, you know, a give and go happens with Noble, who gives it to Pae, who then waits the kind of pass, the return pass, with good weight. So Noble goes, oh, I can get that. You know, where it's give and goes... God, they're now getting from Anderson. You know, yeah, 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 you yeah, get that from Anderson. Well. You know, and um, yeah, which you don't get from Antonio. No, 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 no. Well, that's a ball from, yes, Ant- from Anderson or yeah. Lanzini yeah. will be where you need it. No, absolutely. Antonio, yeah. it's, it's mm. yes. Knows. Not, but, well, well when he doesn't have time to think about it, I mean, things like that. You know, when we played Palace last season at the Thunderdome, the uh, the the ball that uh, Antonio delivers for Carroll's overhead. Yeah. Uh, is perfectly weighted, and it's because I think it's the only thing he can do. You know that finish. Oh, I'm not going to remember. Who it I missed was. that game. Uh, Fulham, Fulham away. Past. There's a cross for Antonio that he can really only, you know, sort of put it in the net or blaze it above the bar, mm. and he puts it into the he net. Took because that goal well. Took yeah. it very well, didn't he? And yeah, I, and I, mean, I, I think th- he's when he doesn't have time to think about something, he, he yeah. he's catastrophic. I mean. In some of the times under Billets that we struggled, he cost us points. That sort of strange cross mm. to Tompkins away at Palace yeah, yeah. cost us points. And this, there was an extraordinary one, I want to say Swansea, where he broke clear IU playing for us, not Swansea, playing, IU playing for us, ran up parallel with him. The goalkeeper committed himself, so it just needed a two-yard square ball to IU, and he just kicked it at the keeper's yeah. tummy, yeah. lying on the ground. The most insane... It was a goal. It was a goal that Antonio decided not we to know, score. We yeah. know his limitations. Yeah, yeah. And within that context, yeah, he's not, probably worth not. keeping, unless someone wants to yeah, pay yeah. a lot of money. But let's, let's come back to about Fredericks. Yeah, yeah. Let's come back to Fredericks. Um, injured or not, and we always knew he was great going forward. We weren't so sure about defensively. He really should have learned from Zabaleta, and it looks as though he has. He has, yeah, yeah, and that the yeah. signs are good, mm. and he's got the pace that Zabaleta now at his age could only dream yeah, of. Yeah. And was that I can't remember if it's the Fulham game or the City game where he got back and did a saving tackle, yeah. where the uh, attacker was entitled to assume he just needed to yeah, start yeah, it. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the co- the competition for places, I think. He's helping, and I, I want you know when Arthur came on on Saturday, I was you know I had a bet on the game, which always makes me a <laughs> bit more edgy. And even though we're winning two 0 I'm thinking, oh god, no, this is it. Now the defence is a crumble. He, I thought he had a really good, really good match. He and did, I, yeah. I, and yeah. we know he's a decent footballer. There's no doubt about it. His positional sense can be a bit off. But I think, you know, that guy knows he's got to play really well to get in the team. Because yeah. Cresswell, who many people slag off and all the rest of it, yeah. has been really good since really he come good. back from yeah. injury. He's a proper footballer, Cresswell. I don't know why he gets this flat. People seem to forget he was hammer of the year in a season in which we played quite well. It's, there's a notion that, like, you see comments on social media like, 
oh, at least Cresswell was playing a bit better. And you go, he's playing very well yeah. because he's an excellent He's been unlucky with injuries. Yes, I think a lot right. of yeah, the yeah. time he comes in for criticism. He's not. He's been recovering from an injury. Yeah, well, there's... A fit Cresswell is a decent footballer. Yeah, he's, he's not just the not best glamorous. left back in the country. You know, in the same way Hernandez but, is massively overrated by the yeah. fan base because he used to play for Man United. Yeah. You know, he, he's got his... I thought he's he's actually played well on Saturday. He had a good game. I'm not yeah, his yeah. biggest fan. I mean, it, it uh, was it was um, it was a you know it's quite a sort of revelatory game. The return of Lanzini has sort of really uh, had a massive stamp on that game on Saturday, and uh, you know. Um, we really looked like a kind of top-flight modern footballing outfit. The kind of one-touch stuff and the speed with which we moved the ball. You you know, really was looking like... You know, there was that goal a few years ago, wasn't there, that Arsenal scored, which, in fact, ironically, Jack Wilshire, I think, finished that move that became quite a kind of, you know, like, you know, Di Canio's goal against Wimbledon became a much-repeated clip on television because it had, like, you know... 180 touches and 19 different players. So they actually had substitutions during the move and, and it, 26 people touched the ball into the net and people were going, this is, a, this is the byword for, you know, modern football. And uh, there was stuff at the weekend that made us look like a kind of modern football side. Oh, you know, they're kind of that sort of telepathic kind of give and go that you kind of go, well, Lanzini's only just come back, but somehow he's on Snodgrass's wavelength, mm. he's on Anderson's wavelength, he's on Noble's wavelength. They're all kind of on each other on each other's wavelength and there's one touch stuff that is is you know implies some kind of fantastic kind of telepathy between them and I think, uh, I think the good news is that um even though Lanzini can't yet be a hundred percent his 85 percent looks really good yeah yeah and that's been a problem before hasn't it and this that is he, the yeah that he he's come back come from back injury and has been very rusty yeah. but but this is the, 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 the guy that one assumes Pellegrini expected to build his team around and that he's now got him back and he's looking good. And the, the faith that players have in Lanzini, uh, sorry, in Pellegrini, and that the faith one presumes Pellegrini put in Lanzini ought to be symbiotic and feed off each other and that, every, that, that should give all the other players a lot of confidence mm-hmm. and that, that we should start thinking like a top seven or eight team at least and that we can knock it around and if we go a goal down it doesn't matter we keep playing football we've got players that are comfortable on the ball and that's what we want and Lanzini's we, um, at the fulcrum of that we you know we didn't score from open play we scored from a, a corner and a penalty and uh, that did seem to be that the 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 nine men that weren't the kind of forward or the goalkeeper uh, were playing a fantastic sort of just straight up the middle sort of style of play. And Hernandez seemed maybe not quite the guy for that. You you sort of... Someone you need feels like, dare I say it, Arnautovic, who... who um, can receive the ball and turn quite quickly. He's sort of a mobile striker that's got to kind of come back and contribute to the sort of build-up play uh, as well as putting it in the net. Um, Hernandez had a great game, I thought. I thought he was very good, but but you were kind of... I sort of thought Arnautovic is is kind of the player that this this really needs, unless you've got a... 
Well, if you take the, the Fulham match, which you didn't see, and Outovich comes on for 20 minutes, um, makes the goal with a great cross. Yeah. Hits the bar. Good save by their keeper. Yeah. Tips it on the bar. Um, he's in a different league from Hernandez. Now, I don't... The politics of why he's not playing, whether he's fully fit... We don't know any of that. No. And, and, you know, maybe Pellegrini's right to make a point, but will Anatovic be at West Ham next season? I sort of think... I, I suspect that, the, you know, Pellegrini isn't really the kind of guy that's going to go, yes, I'm going to punish you by, by not playing you in these games. He wants to win football matches. I, I suspect there might be a fitness issue. Yeah. You know? He's just going, I'm going to put you in for part of each of these games, you know. Because uh, I, I was disappointed we didn't score more goals on Saturday. Yeah. One yeah. of the things I think contributed to that is um, Anderson needs to be a bit more selfish. He was yeah. getting... It, so many times he was getting into positions around the box and he was choosing to play tight passes. Yeah. Sometimes the players who can't take the ball and, and shoot from there. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen some of the goals he scored from just outside the box or just inside the box where he slots it in beautifully. Yeah. And I wish he'd shoot a bit more. And I yeah. wish he'd, when he gets to the box, inside the box, he'd take players on because, you know, he, he's a real talent. Yeah. The pace, uh, you know, he's of a kind of similar build to Fredericks. They're kind of like skinny. They're not sort of uh, massive units. But boy, do they shift. Like, I don't think people sort of credit uh, uh, Anderson with the speed that he has because... He, yeah, he, he looks like he's in slow motion. He sort of, yeah, he, his he's, control's so yeah. good. Yeah, he, he just, just, that, to, yeah. just to address Jim, what you just said that um, I I think Anderson is a fantastic player, and, he, and he's may not be world class yet, but he's edging in that direction. So I sort of trust him. I can't think like he thinks as a footballer, and if he thinks the shot's on he'll take it anything if he so I, I kind of i wouldn't knock him for passing when he could shoot no I'm sort no of trust i'm not knocking him i just he would do the right thing because yeah. he's a good footballer yeah and uh i love seeing someone like that in our in our team there was a sort of strange um there's a strange phenomenon after that game because obviously because of the billy bond stuff and uh you know there's quite convincing two nil win over newcastle which which solidified us in ninth place. The, the social media still managed to find a kind of... Uh, I, was, I was quite proud of the fact that, that there still was quite a lot of moaning about the game because the moaning took the form of something I haven't really seen before, which was about who should or shouldn't have been man of the match. And uh, there was quite a lot of sort of um, heated debate and actual rage about uh, the man in the match. But of course, <laughs> you know... It was given, for people that weren't there, it was given to Shamima Begum. And, I mean, she's in ISIS, so obviously she shouldn't have been given the man of the match and or she didn't play in the game. But um, uh, the, the rage on the, on the, on the internet was, uh, there were, obviously, a lot of it was, it should be Declan Rice. It should be Declan Rice. One, the, the singing of the weekend, one of our own, one of our own, which I, I don't remember people singing about David no. Speedy, who we also got from Chelsea, <laughs> or Victor Moses, who we Did got we from Chelsea. Did we sing that for Declan Rice? Yeah, there was Did a we? lot of it. He's one of our oh, own. <laughs> Declan Rice is one of our own. Um, the who play, got man we, of the player we got from remember. Chelsea? Lanzini. 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 And uh, this seemed to br- you know, bring about quite a lot of ire. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of like, come on, man. It's like, who, who cares? But, it's very uh, different. Like, Phil, as, as someone who works in the business of show, you, mm-hmm. you know, all these things are arbitrary. Who's the best at this? Yeah, They're playing yeah. different positions. Yeah, yeah. I thought Rice had another great game. Very and good. I'm really loving the way he's moving the ball quickly forward. He's a very good passer. 
He did a lovely little dribble in the second half. Yeah. Where he took it past three or four people and passed it on. Yeah, it's amazing. His maturity is stunning. It's extraordinary. Uh, um, and I mean, again, it, you know, like, um, like the sort of uh, post-injury Fredericks being like this new player. Uh, there was an interview in The Standard where, where uh, Rice said what, you know, certainly I, I thought was he, he, after that Liverpool game, which was the first game of the season where he was played in his preferred position, which he's in now. He was taken off because he was so mm. shit. I mean, he had a nightmare. And he said, after that game, I wondered whether I can yeah, actually it was play. self-deprecating. I can play at a premiership level, whether mm. I'm a taller premiership footballer. Yeah. Something sort of happened that, that, that gave him this, you know... New level of confidence. I mean, he had no, what I, he had I, was I, a I kind had of a word. old. I had a word with him. You had a word with him. I had a word Excellent. With him. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, we, about I, Wagner, did you play him some Wagner? I said, he... I said, you're better than Don of the Hammer could right. ever be. Right. And he said, really? And I said, yes. And he's gone from strength to strength. Did you? Were you wearing a pair of like a horn, like like a helmet with horns on it? Well, well obviously, I was wearing the breastplate. Right. Uh, and the hair uh, in pigtails. The, 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 growing you know stuff uh, i went on a date with a female opera singer who was who who looked like i hope she doesn't listen to this but she was about six foot two she wasn't she wasn't fat but she was big she was about six she was taller than me i'm Mm. six foot she was taller than me and uh, yeah we went to an opera because she knew the people that were in it so we went to this dress rehearsal for nothing and uh, she'd sung wagner and stuff right she She, was a valkura yeah, she was, uh, she was enormous. She okay, was nice. what, what happened was she took you home and then, then what? That's for me to know, Russell, oh, and okay. to, to sing in song. Yes, okay. uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, his, the, the, new, the new Declan Rice is... Uh, he just looks... The step up is extraordinary. Yeah, but, I mean, he's been like this for, like, 25 matches now. I mean, yeah. he's so consistent. And, yeah, there's a few games where he's been a bit below, but, it, it, by and large, he's never less than a seven. But what you saw, what you saw when he played a centre back was that he, a did quite a lot of shouting for a kid that's coming to yeah, the team. He's great. kind of shouting at Ogbonna and whoever he's kind of, you know, Collins. He's making his views known about which you know he's doing a lot of that pointing. You go and you know oh, do that. that. Uh, and he was doing that right from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but you know he made mistakes that when he ducked. You know, when he ducked after um, yeah, Hart's panicky shout, you know, he was really cross with himself for being such a dick. And you know that he learned from that. Yeah, but he, the fact that he, he had go- some bad games in that, but he was a kid and he learned from them. The and- fact that he goes through games instructing people eight to ten years older than him yeah. where they should be, what they should be doing. And he can't help himself. It's just that's how oh, he is. I he, think he's His understanding far, of the game is, he's smart is, is so mature. A long way. Yeah. You yeah. know, you see some of the decision-making that the experienced players make and, you know, you just think, you know, Antonio, who, who, you know, when he's being interviewed, he doesn't seem like he's stupid at all. He's quite no. articulate. He makes a lot of silly decisions on the pitch. Yes, he doesn't have a footballing brain. No. I mean, he doesn't um, have a footballing brain. Rice very rarely does that. And he, 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 you can tell when the team's struggling, he sort of almost... That's when he bursts forward a bit. He knows yeah. when he can do that. Because, you know, poor old Noble cannot burst anywhere, can he? No. he you know, he, he does a fantastic kind of turn. I mean, Brooking had that as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not comparing them. No. Noble can beat a player with his weird turning, but no, no pace. Um, no.
Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Uh, well, I think that, you know, what you were saying about kind of defences and, uh, you know, Fulham's defence being, uh, you know, surprisingly shaky for a team that, that came up from the Championship. Diop is also somebody who, uh, he does a lot of shouting. He, uh, he will also, he's got, he's got, a great eye for um, snuffing a move out by running and taking the ball on the halfway line if a ball comes from the keeper mm. or a long pass that he thinks, oh, I can win that. Well, you know, he, it, I mean, he'll spend half the time on the, on the, pretty much on the halfway line. If the other team aren't doing anything, he'll just, yeah, there's camp a few out there leaders go, in the team. You know, yeah, mm. there, he knows there are people that are, you know, like Cresswell that will, if a, if a runner bursts through, someone will track them but so he'll stay on the half line cut stuff out very early you know and Balbuena's a bit like that as well I mean they both they both commit themselves and you know and I thought when Balbuena started off he's a duff why we bought this guy Uh, it took him a few games to settle in but then he was very good I think we've got a you know five players in that team six if you include the goalkeeper I know he's a bit old but he's Mm -hmm. a very good goalkeeper who are, you know, top six football players. Yes, yeah. I think Diop is, I think Rice is, Anderson is, Lanzini, Arnautovic. Well, the return of Lanzini, I mean, I really, you know, it was a stamp on that game. I mean, I've got to say, every time he went in for a, cath- for a tackle, I was wincing because that, that injury he got is, a, is one of those that ends mm. careers. And you sort of go, you know, God, let him just, let us just have a year and a half out of him or something because... You know, that could just go again. But he said it feels strong. He's young, you know, he's here as well. But, I mean, you know, he was flying into tackles in that game. Yeah. Flying into tackles. I think Pellegrini it? seems to be very careful with players coming back from injuries. Yeah. You know, I think the Alnautovic thing, is he a bit injured or is it punishment? Maybe he is carrying something. Yeah. I, th- I, th- uh, I sort of suspect that might be right. Anyway, the other thing that happened on Saturday was uh, a stand being named after Billy Bonds. And Bonds came out and uh, it was great, wasn't it? It was great. Uh, um, you know, we had Alvin Martin on, on this podcast like a, a month or two ago. And, uh, God, the two of them looked like they could play. I mean, how old's Bonds? He's still like sort of quite slim, looks quite athletic yeah. for a man in his 70s. You go, bloody hell, that's a well put together human being there. 70 years old, you know, and uh, Martin still looks... When they walked together from, you know, the, the stand opposite, the stand that was over, you, they walked forward, there's a picture of them walking, and you go, those guys look like still play. It's amazing. Well, they, they It's remote, great that yeah. Alvin did it as well. It's great, you know, Alvin on this podcast had fantastic memories of being in a kind of central defensive pairing with Bonds and just how great it was to play with him and, uh, you know, what a kind of leader it was. And then he played in two other positions, like right back and midfield, and and uh, it was well, great. Bonds just—he spans the generations in a remarkable way. Partly because he was so fit, yeah. As you've said, you know, even the apocryphal stories about they'd have the preseason cross country and Bonzo would win it by miles in mm, front of any yeah. other any other player, and even when he was getting on a bit. The players they got there to, you know, sort of in tribute to him was great. It was like yeah. a kind of who's who of ex-West yeah. Ham players that are still alive. It was amazing. It was, a, it was a fantastic, you know, I don't like using the word bonding experience. It's a bit modern and wanky for me. But I think it was a great bonding thing for the crowd. It was, yeah. You know, Bonds was my dad's favourite player. I was quite emotional. You know, yeah. not, not like me. I'm not a particularly emotional no, person. No. But he meant so much to anyone who'd seen him play. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about the fitness... I've met 
quite a lot of old, you know, pro footballers, much younger than Bonds, men in their 40s, and they can hardly walk. Oh, uh, McAvaney needs his walking stick. You know, they, they're in real trouble yeah, walking yeah. around. Yeah. And he walks... He, we were talking about him in the office today. He'd be great in a status quo uh, tribute band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he, he looks oh, good. he's had the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. He's got the same haircut and it's kind of goes in and out of fashion and now sort of looks good again, like sort of mm. steely, you know, sort of neck, shoulder length hair is a real sort of a... Is a look. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, you know, part of what made me really like West Ham... Um, when I was a kid, because I could have gone, you know, to the because I grew up in Bromley, but my dad, because uh, he was a sailor, uh, the ships that he was chief engineer of came into the docks at Tilbury, and all the dockers supported West Ham. And my dad could take or leave football, but he sort of thought this would be a good team for Philip to support because then I've got something to talk to the dockers about when I when I have to sit and have a cigarette with them. And uh, so it was West Ham. It was also quite easy to get to from Bromley. But but I remember in the seventies the sort of mud covered. West Ham, a lot of them had long hair and big yeah. sides, like Graham Padden and Bonzo. Yeah. And so they looked like sort of, not that I really, well, we were talking about bands before this podcast, it was like not a band that I would like, but like Leonard Skinner. So they looked like a rock band, Socks Rolled Down, well, Patsy Holland. There's a pirate look about Yeah, they Bonds. had a pirate, exactly. Oh, yeah. The team sort of had a slightly... But even, wasn't he from your part of the world? He's from Woolwich. Yeah, yeah, he lives in Chislehurst, yeah. where, which is very near where I grew up, yeah. Because yeah. I think he bought in sort of Bromley when he played for Charlton, and when he signed for West Ham, he just never moved because he could get through the Blackwood Tunnel, so he, he just stayed in Bromley. Is this the Still moment for me to introduce my gift yes. yeah. to the show? We should put a picture of this up on the website okay. with one of our cameras. I say gift, but because... I said to you, it's sort of gift I'm taking yeah, yeah. away with it. I've, I've been, because I'm... Tell us what you're holding there. It's like okay, Antiques I'm, Roadshow. I'm holding... Tell I'm, us what I'm you're holding. holding up to camera three. And Jim and I will value the viewers. I've given all mine away yeah. I was so um, I knew we were going to talk about Bonds and possibly Newcastle so what I'm holding is the first West Ham game I ever went to the program, the program from uh, Saturday 9th of August 1969 Newcastle United so it's, it's uh, appropriate for that and there on page 3 of the program we've got the West Ham team there's Billy Bonds number 2 and he was an ever-present that season. 69 season. 69, 70, as was I. Um, well, the home games anyway. I don't think I went to any away games. I was nine years old. Um, shall I read the team? Yeah. 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 So Bobby Ferguson, Billy Bonds, John Charles, no longer with us, sadly, Martin Peters, Alan, Stephen broke, Alan Stevenson broke his leg mm. that year. Right. And I think he got taken to London Hospital where my mum worked. Bobby Moore was the captain. Harry Redknapp. Ron Boyce, Peter Bennett, Jeff Hurst, and John Sissons. And then what I couldn't have known at the time, but I noticed looking back at the programme, that Brian Robson was playing for Newcastle. Yeah. That day. yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and there it is. Well, it's good to see him there on Saturday. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's, a, he's a very unlucky player, Robson. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're two of the... They're two of Wasn't there one players. won the cup? Yeah. To also not cap for England. Yeah. I don't think Brian. I don't think Pop he was, Robson. He was leading scorer in the league one season, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. I don't think Pop Robson was cap for England, was he? And no. famously, Bonzo wasn't either. No. And, and uh, you know, um, to you know, two people that don't know because sometimes you do. I've seen sort of on the Facebook groups people, people going, you know, I'm I'm 20. I don't know anything about Bobby Moore. Was he a good player? And Billy Bond similarly. I you know I can sort of remember. 
conversations I had sort of in my late teens and 20s saying, you know, Billy Bond should be playing for England and talking to people that hadn't seen him, who were Arsenal fans or Spurs fans or Chelsea fans who lived in London, you know, like I did. And uh, uh, going, is he, is he that good? Is he? And I kind of... And well, you know, we see the teams that come and play us every week as well as our own team. We're not, it's, it's not that we only know West Ham players. But I think what is a testament to that is when you see lists of, you know, these listicles lists that they have on the internet of uh, players that never got an England cap. He is always in those lists. Mm. I, think, uh, I think neutrals as well as West Ham fans were aware of Billy Bonds and the type of footballer he was. And well, the kind Bri- of- Brian, didn't Brian Clough want to buy Brooking and Bonds? Well, I remember what Brian Clough said about Brooking. Yeah, I know. He, yeah. was, he was a bit rude about him. He was very rude. Yeah. Um, we I remember... It must have been 73, 74, somewhere around about that. We were in relegation trouble. And Bond scored 13 goals for midfield, got a hat-trick against Chelsea in the yeah. home game. He was absolutely brilliant that season. Well, what struck me a little as I was just flicking through this programme and just the longevity of Bonds, that it's not as if we remember him now. Kids now wouldn't have said, when did he stop playing? About the mid-80s 88, or something. yeah. Yeah, something like that. But so not that beyond our living memory, even kids now, he was a player. And yet in this program, it when he was in the first team, it says congratulations to Charlie Painter, whose 90th birthday it was on July the 29th. Now in his 69th season as a hammer, Charlie is, as ever, a very welcome visitor to Upton Park, and we hope to see him here many times this season. It shows the sort of, I don't know, the way football was these days. There's no mention that he, Charlie Painter was the manager of West Ham, I think from 1932 to 1950-something, so 20-odd years. He yeah, was yeah. the manager, and he's like they're giving him a mention, just like he's this old bloke. That's <laughs> yeah, still, yeah, yeah. They're still going, like he's been supporting us for so long. We'll give him a mention in the program. Yeah, but there's a link from to, from Billy Bonds, who we still, who was there on yeah, Saturday, absolutely, to 1932. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite a program remarkable. from '69 talks yeah. about someone who was the manager yeah. in 1932. Yeah, absolutely. And we're uh, yeah. a family. Club. Yeah, I think that is, as you say, Jim, that that it was a good event for for you know we're in this stadium that's now got 60,000 people in it, and a lot of those people are kids and newcomers, and to for for them to kind of have something that gives them a sense of sort of the 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 history and the longevity of the team is great, and like uh, you know. It's just great that Brooking is Brooking is like Billy Bonds' biggest fan. It's like if Billy if, if Brooking, who is a you know, one of the most majestic footballers to have graced the game, is talking about this guy that he used to play with at West Ham who didn't get an England cap, who wasn't, you know, isn't a, a, you know a pundit on TV is not very often asked what he thinks about things was also a bit media shy. In fact, sort of Brooking talks a little bit about Bonds not pushing himself forward enough. Absolutely. I don't know how one yeah. would really do that it, apart from you know ringing up the England manager and going pick me, pick me, which would no, probably Bonds work against you. But but Bonds you know didn't push himself forward very much. He went home after games. You know was not a big. Sort of he just got in his car and drove home after matches finished. You know, he didn't sort of like to do interviews and stuff like yeah. that. But um, look, I'm, I'm old enough to remember seeing Bobby Moore for two or three seasons and then he was off. So he wasn't such a hero. I was a bit young. But Brooking, in a major way, Brooking was our superstar that yeah. was just blessed with football skills. But in there was a sense that somehow 
bonds was the fans out there on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that Brooking, we loved Brooking, but we loved him that he was just this jaw that had yeah. to be protected. Well, there's but a story bonds about was bonds, us. which I don't know whether this is true or not. It's probably apocryphal. Where the team were playing away at Coventry, the coach is coming into the stadium and there was a fight going on. And that he got out of the coach to join in the fight, um, and there was a. This is a there's, a. there's a very famous sort of article about football hooligans in the early seventies. I think it was in Time Out, right? And the, the piece was saying about the West Ham team because, of course, in those days, a lot of the players were local players. That a lot of them had links with a lot of the people who were in yeah, the yeah. gangs. In the... Whether that's true or not, the other story about Bonds was I really hope is true is that w- when he was manager and Harry was assistant manager, we were playing away to Bristol City in this, what would have been the second division then. And um, Redknapp, do you remember he had that terrible car crash where mm. he lost yeah. his sense of taste? Yeah. That someone behind the dugout was over digging him out for the whole game and Bonds went behind and hit him. <laughs> now, this is, I think Harry tells this story. <laughs> I don't know whether it, it happened or not, but... Part yeah. of me likes to think it happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely great. It meets well, my, out a bit of justice. I have a memory of Bonds, and I think it might have been from this first season. We were playing Man City at home, and he fell under a tackle, and I think it might have been Tony Book, the quite big mm. Man City captain, who was, if I can describe it for radio, you know, Bonds was back down on the floor with Tony, this big bloke, on top of him. And you could see something was about to kick off and you feared for Bonds because the bloke was lying on top of him. But Bonds from underneath kind of got Tony Book by the scruff of his neck and started shaking him. (laughs) And and this Man City player sort of got very scared and didn't do anything. And he was the one lying on top of Bonds. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, it just... um, I doubt whether Bonds would have had links to hooligans. He just no, no. I'm not saying he did. He wanted wanted to go home to his wife after the game. He was just naturally tough. But he was our tough guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sort of pirate, that pirate thing that they had, that was so appealing to me as a kid, because they were always covered in mud, always had their socks rolled down, and they all all had long hair, and uh, uh, just Bonds running and that chain round his neck, like a sort of um, like one of the Sopranos characters had a sort of gold chain round his neck. You're not allowed to have them now. At the time, they didn't they 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 didn't bother. It's just running in that gold check. Gold chain bouncing up and down and on his neck was, was just such a sort of. I know he, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean his career, he had like a season out in the eighty-five, eighty-six. He missed all of that season. Yeah, that's right. But for the previous fifteen years, he almost didn't have an injury. He no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Game. He's a type of warrior, isn't he? I, know, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they're, they're different players. At Noble um, is very rarely injured, isn't he? No, that's you know, right. You think yeah. of his career, and you gather that he has got one or two long-term injuries that they yeah. just manage. He's got a back problem, hasn't he? And some of his manages. toe or yeah, something yeah. have to give him. Yeah, and I think uh, he... Yeah, quite often, I mean, you know, like... In, in quite the quite early days of doing this pod, podcast, Chris Akabusi was on it, and uh, uh, it was at the time that Noble was still kind of in the under twenty ones or something. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, Noble had had a kind of slump in form, and uh, Akabusi just went, "He's been playing football continuously for two and a half years," you know, because he was playing every summer in tournaments for for England, yeah. and then playing pretty much every game for West Ham. And this would have been about you know two thousand and sort of. Nine or or ten or something like that, and he's been playing since seven. You know, for 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 
pretty much three years. And uh, and uh, he he would have something to form, but offensive just he's been playing. Just needs a rest. Just needs a few games off. And uh, um, and he quite often comes back stronger, Noble, doesn't he? After he's dropped for a couple of games, you know, you quite often. I don't know how many times have. I've seen sort of on social media kind of going, Noble's back and we won. You know, all you doubters you, that, you know, thought he's over, that he's rubbish. You know, it's often he just needs a rest to kind of come back. And I think Bonds was like, Bonds played a lot because he didn't get injured. So, well, they, they know, obviously both live life in the right way, didn't they? I yeah, mean, and yeah. you could say, you know, some of the players who maybe get injured a lot, you know, they've, some of it, is to do, to do with the way you look after yourself. Yeah. But it was great to see that stand uh, named after him. You know, it's it's sometimes the accusation's been levelled at the club that we haven't been brilliant with former players, you know, famously Bobby Moore, uh, uh, that we haven't sort of, you know, looked after our former players and sort of given them the recognition they deserve. And this, you know, and I think Bonds was um, party to that a little bit. And... Uh, and uh, it was great that, you know, whether it required that to bring him back into the fold or just put him back in the kind of narrative of the club, it was a great thing to happen at the weekend. He's been around the club for quite a few years now. Maybe be yeah, I think he has a little bit Obviously, more. Obviously, you know. I think he was red, alienated. The whole red nap thing yeah. is terrible. Absolutely, and, uh, because that literally gone, yeah. drew, sort of put a wedge between yes. him and the club. Yeah. You know, uh, in, I think in, the owners, for all the criticisms you can level at them, do understand the history of the club. Yeah. They do understand how the fans feel about certain people. I mean, it's it's good PR for them to do these. It, it, oh, you know, absolutely, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's a sort of win-win, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, whatever extra money it costs to put that on, they yeah. have got back tenfold in goodwill. And, yeah. it, and it created a great atmosphere at the game. It did. It absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pleased they've held back the Don of the Hammer stand over on the other side. Well, that will, yeah. that One of the stands on the training ground, because... They're, they're, they're slowly running out of because there can only be four. So you, I think you're you're holding out a kind of vain hope that one of them will ultimately be the Don of the Hammer or Russell Raphael stand. <laughs> I don't think it's one of the stands <laughs> of that, nice. that sort of training pitch that's sort of you pass if you walk up from Hackney Wick. You could have that. I, I mean, I just get an aerosol and write your name on it. I did that's score what a I've goal. Done. I, I scored a goal at Upton Park once. Right. It's too, we haven't got time. Well, we've not got time. Okay, well, next <laughs> time you're on. I hope that isn't worth a stand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I've got... I mean, I've got... I just go with an aerosol. Quite a lot, quite a lot of things are named after me. The Phil <laughs> Whelan's urinal. Um, the rib man. That's called the rib Phil Whelan's man stand. Um, just take an aerosol with you. Yeah. A lot of, Hackney Wick, that's called the Phil Whelan station now. <laughs> There's a lot named after me now. Quite a lot of you're train a popular guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seats. Yeah. yeah, people next to me, if they stay still long enough, they're named after me. <laughs> yeah, take an aerosol, that's my advice. So um, we've got a winnable set of games uh, the rest of March. Uh, there's uh, Cardiff at home, Huddersfield away, Everton at home. You know, Everton are not going great. You would hope for a little points haul, you know. Uh, that sort of mini league that we're in, that sort of the prize for which, for the prize that we would win for which... Having a tense, this is riveting. Mm. Having a tense breakdown. Oh. It's seventh place. We finish it? the yeah. sentence. Watford and Watford and Wolves are really good, and I think it's going to be tough yeah. to overhaul them. But I mean, seventh place. You know, that's what I'm sure that's what Pellegrini is aiming for, and yes. uh, you know, 
he, well, he should be. And I think if we hadn't ha- had had such bad injuries this season, yeah, we may have got it. It's probably a bit beyond us, but those three games coming up, well, it's West Ham. You know, we yeah, we, we could lose at Cardiff quite easily, but we could win all those three games if yeah. we're on on form. Predictions for Cardiff. We might have to wrap this podcast up fairly pronto. And uh, clean so sheet. Let's do that. Clean sheet. Going for another clean sheet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll score. Away at Cardiff. So, yes. You going to that? No. I can't go okay. to that. So I'm going for... A, we won't lose. I think we might scrape a 1-0. 1-0. Jim? Yeah, I think we'll win by the odd goal. How many goals? Got to be. We want an accurate pre- prediction, Jim. Uh, I think it might be 3-2. 3-2? Three, two. Three, two. A thriller. They'll score twice. 3-2 thriller. I will say um, Cardiff nil, West Ham... Cardiff one, West Ham United four. That is my prediction for the game. Uh, That's probably about it. Any other business we'll talk about on another podcast. But this has been Stop Hammer Time for this week. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Russell Raphael. Thank you. And Jim Reed. Thanks very much. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.